Amen. Well, church, as you are having a seat, if you would, grab your Bibles and open up to Matthew chapter one. Great job, man. Didn't they sound awesome? We all give them a hand. Man, awesome work. So gifted, so gifted. Um, Matthew uh, chapter one, we're continuing in Advent. As Zach explained and Zach reminded us that Advent is a season where we celebrate the fact that Jesus has come Um, that he came as a baby, that he came to be our rescuer and our redeemer. Uh, And we also celebrate the fact that he's gonna come again one day, that he's coming back for us. So uh, Jesus, his his rescue mission is not over. It it is, we are in the in-between time between his first coming and his coming again. And so we as believers, we as the church, that's one of the reasons that we gather as the church, as God's people together, is that every Sunday we remind ourselves of the good, glorious news of the gospel and we anticipate his return once again where he will make all things right, where he will wipe away every tear and we'll be with him forever and ever and ever. And so that's one of the reasons that we tangibly gather because we need reminding of this each and every day. Uh, We are in Matthew where the birth account as Matthew gives it to us. I'm gonna read verses 18 through 25 and we'll jump in. Um, God's word says this. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And when Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, He took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and she called his name Jesus. Um, So what does it mean to have God with us? What does it mean to have God with us? Let's look at that verse again, verse 23. This is a profound verse. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, this is a quotation. This is a reference. Uh, Matthew is hearkening back to the Old Testament. The prophet Isaiah said this. The prophet Isaiah said that there is one coming that was to be born of a virgin, and he said it 700 years before the birth of this child, who is announced right here. Right, The 700 years this Christ was spoken of, this royal son, this baby boy that was coming, and he would be the Messiah. He would be the one that the entire Old Testament was longing for, was waiting for, was hoping in, that the rival would someday come. And this ancient prophecy said this radical idea, this incredibly radical idea that God himself would come down. 
that God himself would come down and prove once and for all that God hasn't forsaken you, that God hasn't forgotten you, that God uh, hasn't left you to fend for yourself, that God was, in fact, with us. That's what we're waiting for. God himself would be with us in this sense. If you take this into context uh, of the prophet Isaiah, in the sense that he would go into even our very battles for us, that he would war for us, that he would fight on our behalf, the prophet Isaiah is talking about here. Right, So God would come down, God himself would be with us in such a profound way that he would come in and fight for you in the places you need fighting for. So we look at the context of the Old Testament, we look at the context of this prophecy, of this promised one that the Old Testament, that the prophet Isaiah is giving to us, it's this, it's this royal son that had the lineage and the right to sit on the throne of David, this royal one would come and he would be our great defender. He would battle for you. He would fight for you. He would go into the battles that you think you cannot win and he would be your defender, he would be your shield, he would be your sword, and he would ultimately be your victory, this one. This is who they were hoping for. This is who they were longing for. And he would fight for you. What a joy. That's why the Messiah produces in us joy. Because when we're sitting here, when we're understanding this, when we hear this, we, we know we cannot fight battles on our own. We cannot. There's things in our lives that we face right now that seem overwhelmingly too huge for us to really conquer. They seem overwhelmingly too huge for us to wrap our minds around, to, get our, uh, to think that we can go in and conquer this, or conquer that, or overcome this, or overcome that. And this royal son that was to be born he would go into that very place and he would conquer and win and fight for you. And when this prophecy was spoke, it's this promise that, that God himself personally, isn't that amazing? He personally would go in and fight the battles you're facing. So what does that mean today? What does that mean for us today? 2020, seems like there's a lot of battles waging around us right now, doesn't it? Well, here's what it means for us, Christian. Here's what this old promise written 700 years before Jesus came reminds us of and tells us. It tells us this. Christmas tells us this. Emmanuel, God with us, tells us this. You are not alone. You are not alone. I know many, many, many of us feel very alone right now. Uh, we've been relegated to screens, we've been told we can't uh, be together in many instances, we feel isolated, we feel um, there's, there's tremendous struggle all over the map. Many of us just personally feel alone. Christmas tells us that God personally is with you in Jesus, and you and I are not alone. That's why the gospel is good news that brings great joy, great joy. We are not alone. And that is Christianity. That's Christianity in three words, God with us. 
that Jesus came down to be with us. Even when, especially when everything seemed to be coming up against us, that's when he comes. That's where he is. That's where he dwells. That's where he enters in. Um, And he comes in not just on external things that seem to be coming up against us. So we have a lot of things externally that seem to be uh, waging war against us in our lives. Uh, But Jesus most personally comes, this royal son comes in such a personal way that he enters in to be with you in the very places you are actually against God. That you wage war against God himself and you don't want him. Jesus comes and reconciles you back to that God. That he is with you so personally, so profoundly, that he enters in and fights even the battles of your personal sin and rebellion, my personal sin and rebellion against this great mighty God and brings us near to him so that he can be Emmanuel God with you. God with you, God with me. That's good news of great joy. So Isaiah helps us see that everything about Jesus that the entire longing of the Old Testament comes to one focal point in this simple three-word message, God with us. The birth of Jesus means this, church, that God is not our enemy. He is our ally. It means that he is not our attacker, meaning he is not just waiting for you to stumble and fall to come after you. He's not... Uh, the bully in the sky with the magnifying glass looking to burn you whenever you just think the wrong thing or say the wrong thing or make one misstep. He is actually your defender. When the enemy comes to trip you up, he is your ally. He is your defender in those very places where we fall and where we trip up. Did you know that in the Bible, um, there are over 118 references in our scriptures that talk about this very idea that God is with you and I, that God is with us. 118 times, at least, depending on your translations. It's one of the most consistent themes in all of the scriptures. It's not isolated to this one Idea. It's not isolated to Isaiah's prophecy and then the coming of the Lord Jesus in the birth accounts. It's all over the place. It's who God is. It's how he is. It's how he sees the world. It's how he sees you and I, that he enters into our realities. Listen to this. A quick smattering of some of these places that we see this idea that God, think about that, God God the creator, God the maker, God the sustainer, God before all time is with you. Listen to this, Genesis 26, I will be with you and bless you. Genesis 28, I am with you and I will keep you wherever you go. Joshua 1, 9, do not be frightened, do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Psalm 23, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. 
The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress, Psalm 46. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous reign, Isaiah 41. Be strong and courageous. Do not be in fear or dread of them. Why? How? For the Lord your God goes with you. That's how. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. Deuteronomy 31. Jesus' words. And behold, I am with you even to the very end of the age. Matthew 28. Hebrews 13. I will never leave you or forsake you, God tells us. In fact, this idea that God being personally with you God coming down to fight for you, God being your advocate, God being your defender, is how the entire Bible concludes in Revelation. It's literally how the story ends. It's our greatest hope, it's our greatest joy, this fact, Emmanuel, God with us. Listen to this, behold, uh, Revelation 21, behold, the dwelling place of God is with men. He will dwell with them. They will be his people. He will be their God. And he will wipe away every tear from your eyes. What joy. That's how the story ends. That the God of heaven will dwell with you, will be with you forever. That we will be his people. And he will be our God forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And when you get there with him face to face, all the sufferings of this present time will be but a shadow and he will wipe away every tear from your eye. That's our God. That's God with us. The gospel, this gospel, the Christian gospel is that through Jesus, despite the fact that everything is up against us, even our own sin and rebellion, despite everything we deserve because of our sin and rebellion, Christmas says that God has come to be with you forever, even in that place. That's why it's good news that produces great joy great joy. Um, So when you hear that name, Emmanuel, God with us, it means that whatever battle you're walking into right now, church, it means that whatever battle you're facing right now that seems too big, it means that whatever sin uh, that so easily entangles you right now, that you fall into again and again and again. Whatever sin that you push to the recesses of your mind and you don't talk about and you don't tell anyone, Emmanuel, God with us, says that in that very place, that's where God wants to show up. That's where God wants to shine the light of the goodness of God and battle and do battle for you on your behalf if you would let him in. God with you at that personal level Um, he's not leaving you to yourself. He's not saying, okay, look, you're on your own now. 
I came once long ago, now good luck. That's not Emmanuel, God with us. That would be Emmanuel, God came to visit us and now he's not longer here anymore. That's not what it means. That's why it's good news. Um, so Christmas proves that God is going into these battles and he will do battle for you. That's true love, church. That's true love. So when everything is on the line and we are in desperate need of a mighty friend and a mighty ally, Christmas says, because of Jesus, it's now God. You have him through the Lord Jesus Christ. And he proved it at Christmas. John 15, 13 says, greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. That's why Jesus came. He was born to be our advocate, to fight for us, but he was born to die, to take the sting of death that you and I deserved so that we don't have to taste it anymore and that we get all of his glory and life. And Jesus took on the sting of death and sin so that we could be, our sin could be atoned for. Listen, Jesus, catch this. Christmas is all about this. Jesus did not come to be our example, he's not our example. There's a lot of places and there's a lot of people that will say, just look to Jesus as your example. You cannot follow Jesus into saving yourself from your sin. Jesus came to be our substitute. He was born to do that which we could never do on our own. He did not come to be our example. He came to be our defender. He came to be for us a shield where we had none. And in fact, he came to take the deadly sting of death that we deserved. That's why he came. That's why he came. That's why he was born. God with us at such a profound level, God with you at such a profound level, church, that he laid down his life so that we could live. That's love that the Apostle John talked about. Um, that's the Christmas message for us to remember. God with us at that level. What joy. That's good news. And great joy. Jesus said a lot of things. Jesus taught many, many things. In fact, the gospel tells us um, that you would fill all the books in the world if you tried to write them all down, right? Jesus said a lot. He performed many miracles but if you want to know this Christmas what he means coming into this world, it's these simple words. Remember them this Christmas. God with us. God with us. Let's unpack these three words real quick and we'll be done this morning. God. So uh, that's a big question. What is God? Who is God? The Westminster Shorter Catechism asks that most important question. I think our kids are actually going through uh, the Westminster Shorter Catechism in the back with some of our kids' lessons, right? Believe it or not, that's incredible. We should be going through it too. Here it is. Westminster Shorter Catechism asks that most important question. Here's the answer. What is God? The most, if you don't understand this at its foundational level, you will not understand the level and the extent to which God came to give you salvation and redemption. What is God? Answer, God is spirit. God is infinite, eternal, unchangeable in his being. Wisdom, power, holiness, justice, goodness, and truth. 
that God, that God came to be with you. Let me say that again. And that's just wrap your mind around this God. God is spirit. God is infinite. God is eternal. God is unchangeable in his being. Wisdom, power, holiness, justice, goodness, and truth. I mean, let's face it, every day when we wake up, there is something that seems so big that God cannot handle it. There is something in our world that seems so big, God cannot overcome it. There is something in our family life that seems so big that God cannot uh, make sense of it, that we've got to figure it out on our own. Church, Christmas tells us that the most formidable being in the entire universe, this one that is infinite in wisdom, that is spirit, that is unchangeable, that is holy, that is all-powerful, that is where justice dwells, that is all goodness and is only truth, this one God is with you. And he reaches out to you even today. That's Christmas. And some of you may be saying here uh, this morning, some of you may be, when you're watching, be feeling this, well, uh, that's great. I really like that idea, but I don't really deserve that. I mean, you don't know what I've done. You don't know me. Uh, I've led a life that doesn't deserve this God coming to be with me. I don't feel worthy of it, so I don't ask him. I don't think about it, um, and I just kind of show up when I have to. Um, here's the truth. The gospel says this to that very thought. The gospel um, implicitly is all about the very fact that God is with the very undeserving people that would say that. That's who he's with. That's who he's come from because that's who he's come for because that's all of us. No one is righteous, no, not one. That's the first word, God. This God has come to be with you, even in our failings. If Christmas was all about God coming for the righteous, there'd be no Christmas at all. With. Here's what this means. There's not a moment when his eye is off of you. There is not one moment where he is distracted from you. Isn't that amazing? How many of us feel distracted uh, every 35 seconds when your phone dings or your newsfeed alarm goes off? Or like me, I just installed a ring floodlight camera and I have four kids and I had to turn it off because it's because the motion sensor sets it off every 10 seconds and I couldn't figure out how to stop it in my phone. We're distracted people. Everything is vying for our attention and a view or a click or a how long it can retain you, how long you can sit there. And uh, that's, I mean, our world right now is built for an, it's an attention economy where it's longing to just draw your attention off of what is most important and onto things that are often meaningless and trivial so they can market to you and advertise to you. Uh, God is with you, and he is never distracted from you. Uh, and because he's unchangeable, we know that he's always that way, because that's who God is. Um, 
there's never a moment where his care falters from you. He always hears your cries. He sees all of your needs. Um, catch this. He knows all of your sin. He knows all of your shortcomings. He knows all of the places you don't really even care about him. Um, he knows all of the places where you would rather just be distracted and not think about him. And yet, through it all, he is still with you. That's Christmas. A savior is with you always, church. Always. Catch this. This is big. A savior who is um, only with you except when you sin is no savior at all. That may be a savior of your own making, and you try to get right back with him before you go back to him, but that's not the savior of the Bible. Um, the, our passage this morning in verse 21 says that Jesus, this one, the reason he came was to do what? To save people from their sins. Um, there's... There's a reality that the Bible is painting for you and I, and it, sometimes we don't like it. It's this fact. You and I are all marred by sin and failure and rebellion. That's exactly why he came. Uh, Christmas is a rescue mission to save sinners, to bring us back to God. Um, it does not say that God is sending this royal son to be born to save you from ever becoming sinful. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say that God is sending his only begotten son, this royal son that will sit on his throne forever and he's gonna come down and save you um, from ever sinning at all. Doesn't say that. He's a savior of sinners. He's a savior of those that don't measure up. He's a savior of those that are undeserving of this good news. That is why it produces in us great joy, because we have not earned it. We can't stake claim on it, yet it's still given to us. That's why gifts are so incredible. We don't earn them, we don't deserve them, but God yet in his sovereignty and his goodness and his holiness and his kindness still gives it to us. He will save his people from their sins. He is with you and I in our rebellion. Paul says it this way, if God is for you, who can be against you? That's the way he puts Christmas. Listen, this is like proof that God has come to be for you at this level. If God is for you, no one can be against you. Finally, because of Christmas, God is with us. He's with us. All right, last and final word, us. Here's what I think about when I think about that term, God with us. Maybe you do as well. Um, it's not hard for me to think that God is with people who are really amazing. It's not hard for me to think about uh, that God is with kind of people that do really big, awesome things for God. And it's not hard for me to imagine that God is with, say, like Billy Graham. Like, man, that guy, of course. Or name whoever it is that's on your list of people that you're just like, man, 
God's got their hand on that person. It's not hard for me to think like that. Um, it's a whole thing entirely. It's a whole different thing entirely for me to think uh, God's with me. Me? Um, church Christmas says that he is. God is with us, the undeserving. And what does that mean? It means that you really matter to God. It means that we're not just pawns of his. We're not just subjects of his. Um, we're not a chess piece of his. We're personally loved by this God. He is with you. He's with you right now. The bold claim of the gospel is that in spite of our sin, in spite of how unimpressive we are, in spite of how much we've failed and missed him and don't get him, that he still cares about us, that he still pursues you, he still loves you, he still beckons you into the family of God. God is not too great to pay attention to little old me and you. In fact, the gospel says that God is too great to even forsake you. That's how great he is. Let that sink in. That's good news that brings great joy. That he is with us, with all that he is. That his eye is always on you. He is always for you. He is um, course correcting you in love. That he is with you in a very personal and real way that he is not limited. He doesn't hold back on you. He is 100% with you. And Christmas proves that he could not love you anymore. That's Christmas. That's God with us. Let's pray this morning, church. Lord, we thank you that... Um, that you came in humility as a baby, that you came, Lord, not just for those that deserved you, not for those that earned you, not for those that could stake a claim on you, God, but you came for the undeserving, someone like me. And God, we thank you for that reality. We thank you for that good news. And God, I pray that this Christmas, that glorious good news would do something in us, that it would sink down into our hearts not just our heads, but into our hearts, and that we would, we would sense that at a personal level, maybe for the first time ever. And God, that it would produce us joy. Joy. Lord, Christmas produces joy not because of cool presents and neat lights, but it produces joy because the very Savior, the royal Son, the only one deserving of glory and worship, God himself came down and is now with us, and he will never leave us, and he will never forsake us. And all we have to do is bring our empty hands of faith to him, and he fills us to overflowing. We thank you for Jesus. And we thank you that this powerful one will one day come again for us. We love him. May he be honored. 
Lord, may for the first time someone come and bend a knee and say, I need this one that has come to be with me even in my failings where I'm most undeserving. And God, thank you that you're a God that comes. In Jesus' name, we pray these things.